Welcome to the Wellbeing Podcast. Welcome into the room and into our conversation surrounding well-being in its many forms. Hello everyone, this is Sophie Matthews, the host for this podcast. Today we have Dr. Allison Pimentel, who is the Associate Director of UCLA Campus and Student Resilience and the Program Director of Mindful UCLA. She got her degree from Brown and a doctorate in human development and psychology from Harvard before coming to UCLA. She is a yoga teacher and is heavily involved in promoting mindfulness-based treatments and programs, including the Mind Body Clinic she co-founded in New York and really cool Ohm Factory, which is a yoga studio there too. So Alison, tell us what is mindfulness? How would you define it? Mindfulness is defined in the research literature basically as a way of paying attention. It's a type of cognitive or attentional strategy, Mm -hmm. and it's a way of paying attention in specific ways, Mm -hmm. three specific ways, so deliberately, Mm -hmm. to the present moment, so this moment that's happening now, not Mm -hmm. the one that came before or the one that will come next, you know, not leaning back into the past with regret or uh, remembering or leaning forward into the future with Mm -hmm. anxiety or trepidation, but really coming into this moment right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a beautiful indigenous saying, yesterday is ashes, tomorrow is wood, only today does the fire burn brightly. So mindfulness is really about being in today, in Mm -hmm. the fire of our lives and all of its power and beauty and possibility for pain too, right? It's in there, all of it. And then the third component of mindfulness is compassion. I like to say compassion, but you can describe it as kindness or essentially a willingness to be with what is. So a way of relating to your experience with an acceptance that this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. And that's different than resignation, thinking like, oh, you know, I can't do anything about this or you know there's no point in trying to work to change something that's not right Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's really about accepting that what's happening right now is happening right now Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not and developing ways to relate to our experience that are uh, responsive rather than reactive so Mm -hmm. to put it all together mindfulness is a way of paying attention on purpose to the present moment with an attitude of acceptance or Mm -hmm. compassion and a willingness to be with what is. So this third piece, this compassion piece, which you asked me about in the beginning, Mm. is so crucial and it is such an important part of resilience because so often we are less than compassionate with ourselves. Yeah. And we can so easily berate ourselves or blame ourselves, especially in a culture like here at UCLA where students, for the most part, are holding themselves to really high, often punishingly high standards Mm -hmm. and can be less than compassionate with themselves when they fall short of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So mindfulness offers lots of ways to really begin to bolster the ability to be kind to yourself, to Mm -hmm. actually be... Um, supportive of yourself, offer yourself the support that you need. Wow, so I'm hearing that it's already implicit in the practice, or it's already a big component. So I'm wondering, what then is compassionate meditation specifically? So yes, it's a component of what mindfulness is. It's sort of embedded or in the definition of mindfulness, but it's also a standalone practice, Mm -hmm. as you say. And traditionally, the way loving-kindness practice has been taught is through a series of repeated phrases 
that start with the individual, start with yourself, and then spread out into wider rings onto somebody that you care deeply about, mm-hmm. a benefactor, somebody who's been good to you or kind to you or loved you, um, and then onto a neutral person, and then onto difficult people in your life, and then on and on until essentially you are sending out these feelings of compassion to all beings Mm -hmm. everywhere Mm -hmm. so that's the sort of the formal way or traditional way to practice loving kindness but there are a lot of informal ways we can do it I mean one of my favorite ones is sort of a three-step process Mm -hmm. um, where if there's something sort of challenging in your life that you're dealing with right now Mm -hmm. big or small you know say you get a a midterm back and you didn't get the grade that you had hoped for or you are you know you had some conflict with your roommate and Mm -hmm. it's really not sitting well with you you can sort of conjure up the feelings the image of that experience and be with them in a compassionate way so the way you would do that is to say to yourself this is a moment of difficulty or this Mm -hmm. is a moment of suffering or this is a moment of tension Mm -hmm. you know the first step in practicing self-compassion is just acknowledging that it's difficult Mm -hmm. that it's hard that what you're experiencing in this moment is hard and then the second step is to acknowledge that you're not alone acknowledge the commonality of suffering that you know there's a good chance that whatever you're feeling in this moment there are people maybe thousands or hundreds of thousands or you know maybe more people the world over who are experiencing or who have experienced this very same feeling mm-hmm. of of disappointment or tension or fear or whatever it may be so the second step is simply saying i'm not alone or mm-hmm. other people are feeling this too or other people have felt this too and then the third step is to just offer yourself some deliberate kindness like some deliberate words of support like may I be kind to myself in this moment or may I hold this difficulty with love or, you know, whatever words resonate Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another way of practicing compassion that you can do, you know, while you're walking down the street, while you're brushing your teeth. You know, it doesn't take any special set of conditions. Mm. Yeah, I like how it sounds like you're reframing and giving yourself new words or Mm. new thoughts to describe what's going on yeah I think that's that's a big part of it really actively sort of developing new pathways Mm. developing new ways of speaking about your experience relating to your experience and holding yourself through experiences Mm. yeah and I think so much of that is lost in the sensationalization of mindfulness and mindfulness-based practices it's very much about or at least what I've seen, it's about reducing stress and it's about how can we alleviate these negative feelings, like increase life satisfaction and decrease symptoms of depression, all good stuff and sounds promising, but it's really inspiring to hear about these positive aspects of humanity that we can tap into more often. Yes, thank you for for framing it like that because I don't think that it's often, as you mentioned, framed in that way, but really, if you think about well-being on Mm -hmm. on a continuum Mm -hmm. or a spectrum from, you know, real despair, devastation, loss, grief, anxiety, depression, you know, on one hand, you know, the sort of things that as human beings we are afflicted by, you know, Mm -hmm. all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum where we can be experiencing, you know, radiant health, 
thriving, you know, feeling good. Mindfulness can really support you at any place along that spectrum. Mm-hmm. It can inform your experience at any place along that spectrum. So yes, mindfulness can be used really effectively as the research has shown to help alleviate stress and develop concentration and coping skills, diminish some symptoms, psychiatric and physical symptoms of illness. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can certainly do all of those things. And it can also help with the positive emotions, the development of, of positive states of mind and ways of being. It can help you enjoy your life mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. Um, and to live your life as fully as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So it really supports you when you're stressed and it supports you when you're well because it, it's a way of just enabling you to get more out of life in a certain sense. Like mm-hmm. This morning I was walking to a meeting and I was rushing and I have a lot on my plate today and sort of going through all that I have to do in my mind. And then in a moment of mindfulness, just as I was walking, I didn't miss a step. You know, I just felt the wind on my face. I felt the sun on my skin. I felt grateful for a beautiful Southern California mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And it was just like less than, um, you know, like 30 seconds of just feeling connected to nature, to myself. And it kind of just dialed down my stress a little bit, my anxiety. And it really put me in touch with the beauty around me. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that really, just kind of personal benefits have you seen when practicing specific standalone practice of compassion? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was thinking about that, you know, how what the benefits have been in my own life in practicing compassion meditation. There have been so many, mm-hmm. but I was thinking back to the first time I learned about this practice. I was, let's see, in graduate school, there was a supermarket that I, you know, shopped at frequently. And there was a teller there that I would see often. Mm-hmm. And the, my then teacher, my then meditation teacher, introduced this loving kindness practice to us in class and asked that we pick a neutral person, pick somebody who you didn't have strong positive or negative feelings towards, and in a period of meditation, send the loving kindness phrases to them. So mm-hmm. the traditional phrases are maybe healthy, maybe happy may you live with ease. Those are sort of the basic phrases, but you can change them to so that they resonate most with you. So mm-hmm. I, it took me a little while to find somebody who felt like a neutral person because so often we are lost in judgment and reactivity and we tend to have strong feelings positively or negatively towards mm-hmm. most people that we meet. So it was just an, sort of an interesting exercise to try to find a neutral person. Mm-hmm. But I thought of this woman, this teller, the cashier at the supermarket that I shopped at, you know, at least once or twice a week. And so over the course of a few meditation sessions on my own, I sent her loving kindness phrases. I, I had a picture of her in my mind. I just said, you know, may you be healthy, may you be happy, may mm. you live with ease of well-being, you know, may you feel joyful. Just I just repeated these phrases mm. over and over. Mm. And then when I went into the supermarket, mm. the, you know, sometime after that, I was online at her in her aisle and when I walked up to her, she we both gave each other this big happy smile mm. and we started talking and it was so 
interesting because we've never spoken before. I mean, we, you know, I interacted with her often, regularly, for months, mm-hmm. and we never spoke. You know, we, like I said, thank you at the end of our transaction, and that was it. But there was, like, some shift that had occurred, and I don't know if it was in how I came up to her or what it was, but mm-hmm. it really transformed that moment for us. And I think about that a lot because it not only transformed that moment for us, it transformed so much more. Like, I was happy. Mm-hmm. We chatted. It kind of gave me a little boost. I felt connected. And I think fondly of her now, you know, and this is many, many years later. Mm-hmm. I still think of this woman. I think fondly of her. I, I wish her well. I hope she's happy and healthy and living the life she wants to be living. Mm. So that's a very specific example, but there are so many ways that practicing loving kindness or compassion has been helpful to me. I think it really kind of, when I'm able to find ways to sort of be kinder, gentler, more forgiving, Mm. more open to myself and the mistakes that I may make, I'm much more able to be kinder, gentler, more forgiving, more compassionate, more accepting of other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And, and in general, that's just, it, it feels like a much better way to move through the world, you know, without the constriction of self-judgment and without the tightness of self-critique mm-hmm. and with an openness to, it just actually feels good and they say that you know there's a there there's been a lot of research on loving kindness meditation and it and its benefits mm-hmm. and there are you know there's research that shows that loving kindness practice increases positive emotions decreases negative emotions mm-hmm. um decreases chronic pain migraines mm-hmm. it really is implicated in emotional intelligence in the brain it sort of activates empathy and emotional processing you know, and those are just some of many benefits of this practice. Mm. Wow, yeah, I think of the word grace when mm. describing that acceptance and forgiveness. And in that, not e- that's not even a transaction, but in that interaction with the teller, it seemed like you were just overflowing. Mm. <laughs> and she like, received that and you created something there open something it's beautiful yes I love the way you describe it because it it does it feels like openings openings are created through these practices you know unanticipated openings and Mm. and the word opening open I think is such an evocative one because it, it to me it evokes the concept of spaciousness which is another feeling that comes with these practices Mm. you know there's a sort of way that we can cultivate or develop more space literally and when there's more space there's more flow when Mm. there's more flow there's more creativity there are more options I like that I I felt that (laughs) it's like now I can relax in my chair (laughs) Mm. even talking about it gives Mm -hmm. you a boost I mean this is the thing about mindfulness which I love is that you know yes there are formal there's the formal practice of mindfulness or compassion when you sit and you you know follow your breath or you repeat these phrases but then there are the all of these informal moments and relational mindfulness is one of them just being in conversation you're asking me questions and I'm responding to you and we're in a dialogue that is present and centered we don't have our phones out we don't have you know like we're really here together mm-hmm. and we're talking about compassion and we're both feeling more relaxed like we're both more leaned back in our seats and (laughs) smiling and laughing and and um feeling it (laughs) it works (laughs) and the funny thing is when you were talking about extending loving kindness to neutral peoples 
I kind of think of funny thing that happens sometimes when I think of my future husband who I have never met but whom I'm sending love to he probably exists right now it's like I wonder what he's doing I hope he's doing well I hope he's healthy and expanding his passions and um seems like a similar but it makes me feel really good to be in that I just got to chill when you said that. There's something so beautiful about being of the mindset that you can send out love and compassion to, you know, people that you don't know, people who may who may one day play such a significant role in your life and those who don't. I have a little daughter and something mm-hmm. that we do together is every time we hear um uh-huh. every time we hear a siren from a police car or an ambulance, we just stop and breathe and wish them well. Mm-hmm. So wish the person in the back of the ambulance well may they be free from their suffering may they get the help they need wish the drivers well who are working so hard Mm -hmm. to care for people who are sick or injured and there's something really like I said before connecting about it and even though you know we can't necessarily help in a tangible way Mm -hmm. the people who are being rushed to the hospital we can put out into the world and contribute to an atmosphere Mm -hmm. of well-wishing for all people. To cultivate such tenderness Mm. at such a young age. How old is she? She's six. Aw, that's lovely. Yeah, and she she meditates with us, with my (laughs) husband and me too. You have like sessions. <laughs> we, you know, she joins us. We we meditate. I meditate in the mornings. We meditate sometimes together, and then sometimes she'll join us, sit with us. Um, she has her own way of connecting with herself and quieting the mind. You know, it's so interesting that children have these these qualities that we that we're developing in mindfulness practice. They have them already they have it naturally mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm just reminded of the a time that my daughter and I were in a farmer's market and there was a man a homeless man sitting on the ground and he looked very sick he looked very ill and unwell and you know we were sort of walking towards him and she was maybe four or five at the time and she just stopped and looked at me and said what are we going to do Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Like, it was not a question that something needed to be done, that we're going to do something. You know, and I thought about, you know, all of the many people just streaming by. You know, to a child's eye, it's just impossible mm-hmm. to imagine that you would walk by somebody who is in so much need. And what we do when we practice mindfulness as adults or, you know, young adults, is we try to reconnect with some of that natural, innate compassion, connection, that natural innate wisdom that we have. There was a time also that I remember riding along the in Santa Monica with my daughter on a bike. Mm-hmm. And it was a gorgeous sunset. It was a stunning, spectacular sunset. And I didn't have my phone with me. And I said, oh, I t- I'm so mad I don't have my phone. I can't take a picture of this. And she, my daughter said, well, we have our eyes. You know, we can look at this. You know, it's like, all right, that's mindfulness. That's being in the present moment and relating to it with curiosity and wonder. Yeah, and being like, there's fullness here. I don't need anything else. I don't need to bring anything into it even, even to capture it. Like, I'm just going to let it happen. Oh, that's exactly right. There's fullness here. That's, that's perfect, yeah. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to get involved, go to our page www.thewellbeingpodcast.com and contact us for a recording session. We would love to hear from you.